and just getting that message across, it was just really nice little thing that God gave me this morning. Um, as you guys know too, um, a lot of you know I'm a high school teacher and we did have a bit of an issue um, this week and there was a kidnapping at my school. But it's okay, I managed to wake him up. <laughs> okay. That was a good one, eh? That was a cracker. I'll say, I'll say thanks to Trent Jakers for those and a few more that I have in the repertoire today. Um, <coughs> yep, I'm a high school teacher. Um, but, but Kirk asked me to come up today and just share a bit of my life and where I'm at now. So I, I thought I'd start at the very beginning and it's going to be a pain, isn't it? It's been painful. Bo, how'd you fix it last week? Did you hit it? Yeah, it's turned on right now and it's turned off. So, um, look, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, the story of my life and where I'm at right now. That's what Kirk asked me to do. So, um, I, um, I was born in Australia. I was born to, to parents who were English. And um, they came over from England in about 1970 as uh, what they called 10-pound poms. Yeah? So, they came over like that. Um, <clears throat> I, I then, um, my parents had me in 1971, and subsequently went back to England for a little stay, came back, and then had my sister, and then went back to England to live for five ye- uh, for eight years, and then I came back here when I was about 10 years old. By the time I was three years old, I had travelled 39,000 miles on an aircraft at three years old. Um, I used to have this little bag, Pan American Airlines bag, that said Junior Jet Club on it because of the amount of miles I'd done on a plane. Um, By the time I was 17, I had lived in 15 different houses. So we didn't belong to a military family. Um, My father just, I don't know, he just tried to get rich all the time. Um, And that that took its toll on our family in that way. Ah, look at that, Neil. I love you. So, um, <laughs> so I've called this as best I can because this is um, as best I can walk with God and that's, that's what my story is about today. So like I said, 39,000 miles. Um, and on that first slide, Neil, if you manage, it's um, that's... That's actually a 1973, I think it is, Pan American Airlines flight sort of thing. So all those lines, I did most of them. Like it's a, a, lot, of, a lot of mileage. Um, and I'd also moved countries twice So in that time. If you can hit the next slide, please, Neil. Um, what that did for me, um, and I've used Homer on pretty much half of these slides because Homer... Um, what have they been going along for, 30 years now? Homer's a great dude, okay? He's very childish and, he's, and I like, I, I've got a bit of an inner child. <laughs> All right. But um, what I love about Homer Simpson is that when it comes to the crunch, he's the best dad he can be and he always makes decisions that benefit his family. And that's what I love about Homer Simpson. Fifteen times in seventeen years. That's how many times I moved. 
Um, when I reflect on that, I find that I didn't stay anywhere long enough to learn how to build relationships with anyone because I was a very transient person. Um, that led to um, that led to me being quite an anxious child. And I remember I see in my son sometimes when he gets ang- anxious, he has a tummy ache, and he had one. He's had two this week, babe. Okay, um, because they've got a lot of assignment work at school, um, and I used to. I used to think I was dying. Something in my stomach was trying to kill me when I was a kid. And, um, and as an adult, I've, I've had to go and see psychologists quite a few times in the last probably five or six years just to get right in my head what I, what I need. Um, high school, like coming back to Australia was good. I went to Deception Bay North State School. I went to Dacobin State High School. Um, but I moved. How many times? Five, six times in eight years I moved. But I managed to stay at those primary, primary and high schools for the time that I was there. Um, I did struggle with being bullied. Um, when you come back to Australia as a 10-year-old and some kid goes, how you going, mate? Oh, yes, I'm very good, thank you. Um, I'll put your port in the port rack. I'm like, what's a port and what's a port rack? Bang. Okay, so... A lot of a lot of little violent episodes in my growing up, and a lot of a lot of um, belittling and nasty stuff. Anyway, there was a pendulum swing when I hit around year ten, and in year ten I decided, well, you know what, I can hit back. So I did several times in the first two weeks of year ten. And what that did for me is that created a bit of a pendulum swing for me. And I went from the bullied, fragile little boy to a very, very angry young man. And the first thing that came to my mind was punching something, and that's what I did quite often. Um, I've never been in a fight as an adult. It was all at school, and I've managed to control that from that point. But, yeah, it got quite um, nasty. But that pendulum swing... It's always been, since that time, it's sort of stuck there and I've, I've been quite angry. Uh, next slide. Can I get the next slide up? There you go. <laughs> Finger pointing time and everyone's invited. I love that, okay, because that's what our society has become. And, um, and what I did was I spent years and years and years, after year 10, I spent years and years blaming other people for things that were my problem. I spent years and years and years looking for someone that I could blame for the things and the attitudes that I'd brought to things. Um, I also, when I came to the end of something, I had a breakdown. So when I came to the end of high school, I left high school halfway through year 11, but I had a little breakdown over it. And then I went to TAFE and that didn't work out and then I went to my apprenticeship and then I, you know, but when I, I find when I got to the end of university, I had a little meltdown and I had to go and see a doctor and I had to get fixed. I had to take some tablets and it's, and when I, when I was about to turn 40, six months before I turned 40, man, I, this little voice inside my head one morning, a good six months before I turned 40, said to me, wow, you're going to be 40 soon. And you're an a-hole and nobody likes you. And I snapped. And I snapped at people who I love very much in this room. 
what I find that I did, and when I, what I do when I get into these moments, is I ostracize myself. So I take myself out of the situation. And, and I've seen it time and again, the, 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 amount, the years I've been here, it's been 15 years since we've been, we started coming to Vineyard, and we see it here a lot. And people taking, pulling themselves out of things and, and putting the blame onto people who I love very much. So I ostracise myself and yet at the same time I crave relationship and it becomes a very difficult situation to be in. So um, <laughs> it's easier to lay blame, and this is on the next slide, Thea, it's easier to blame others, it's not easy to look at yourself. It's very, very easy to point the finger and lay blame. And, and we're a very litigious society and a very unhappy society at the moment. And social media just blows it up and it's all in your face everywhere. Sometimes when we're angry, and it looks like we're angry with everyone else, we're usually a bit upset with ourselves and the way we've handled things and the way we approach things. And we need to own our anger because it's not someone else's problem. I saw there was this thing on Facebook the other day and it was 30, I think it was like 30 demotivational posters. And I looked at one of them and they were, some of them were really funny, you know. But one of them said, if I have ever offended you, I'm not sorry and it's your fault. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Because offence, it's here. It's not what someone said. We can let that bounce off if we want and let it go. But when we take offence, we grab onto it and we let it fester inside us. So, I'm not sorry, and it's your fault. Can I get that next slide, please, Thea? So... When everybody around you is in conflict, when all around you is messy, when things just never go your way, when things are coming down around you, and when everybody else seems to hurt your feelings, maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's this guy, okay? Maybe we're pointing the fingers in the wrong direction. And you know what? If we're really angry, might be that guy. <laughs> might just be. Next slide, please, Thea. Okay? And that's, that's the attitude that we go to things with, you know? It's really unhappy. <coughs> um, the last five years of my life have been internally quite difficult for me. Going from you're an a-hole and nobody likes you, and that's how I've felt my whole life. And coming to an understanding of what that is and who I am as a person and a man and a Christian and, and a man who deep, deep down I know Jesus loves me, but it's been difficult to realise that. So coming from there, what, what do you do when you hit rock bottom? And when friends come round to see you and you go, I don't know, I've done that to people in this room. What do you do when people take the time and you tell them, I'm fine, go away? 
but you crave it. You crave that relationship, but then you push it away all the time. What do you do? Well, I had to stop and I had to think about that. And I had to start being, I guess, mindful of who I am and who God is. So I started looking at myself. And I started looking at the relationships that I really, really value and wondering what I'm doing to destroy them as well. And I'm very, very, very blessed that I have a wife who loves me very much. Because if there was a, if there was a, a hint of, you know, you know, like just thought of may, maybe I don't love him that much, I reckon she would have been out of there in these last five years. But she's a very, very strong woman and I love her very much. I try and work on one thing at a time. We have a saying at home, one by one and then you're done. Cleaning kids' rooms, whatever it is, one by one and then you're done. So what I did was, and I've done this a few times, I look at the things that I can control. When everything looks hopeless, I look at the things that I can, I've actually got a handle on and I'll, I'll sort them really quickly. And I've done that many times. I've, I don't know how many cars I've been through in the last... <laughs> last 10, 15 years, but I'm a bit of a joke among my friendship group because of the amount of cars I go through, okay? And they're all HQ Holdens and I loved them all. But, um, <laughs> but I've been through so many because they're the things I can control, so I get rid of them. And then when I get it back together in my head, I buy a few more, much to the approval of my wife. Next. So... Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Jesus. Um, Jesus has been my lo- in my life a long, lot longer than I've been involved with him. When I was 12 years old, my, my mother owned a haberdashery shop. And on a Friday or Saturday morning, she used to put me on the bus as a 12-year-old with the week's takings. And I would take them to the bank at Kippering. Who else would do that with their 12-year-old kid these days? I've got no clue, hey, no clue. Anyway, I would happily go to the Commonwealth Bank at Kippering and I would, here's my mum's takings, and they'd go, okay. Anyway, one day she said, here's $5, you can go and buy something for yourself. And I was walking around and there was this stinky dude. And this stinky dude just started talking to me about this guy called Jesus. And I'm like, you're stinky and I want to walk away, but I'm polite and I don't know what to do. Um, and he said, oh, look, you've been really good and you've, you've listened to everything. So would you like to say this in his prayer? And I'm like, will it get me out of here? <laughs> yeah, mate, let's do that. Okay, so I, I said the sinner's prayer with this stinky hippie dude in Kippering Shopping Centre when I was 12 years old. No clue what it was, but I, but I remember that. And, and Nikki said to me the other day, I never knew that. I'm like, yeah, there's a few things you don't know about me yet. But the thing is, Jesus has always been there for me. And there's parts of my life where he has always been my champion. And one of those things has been employment. And, and I've never, <laughs> never really been out of a job. I've, I've lost my job and I've lost my job because of my anger. And that was a really, really critical point in my life. And what was that, three years ago, babe? Four years ago? four years ago and I let my anger get the better of me 
And I got sacked from my job, from a Christian school, for the way that I was acting. And that was another point where I knew I was at the end. I was at the end of something, and I got stressed and anxious, and my anger came out. And the funny thing is, I would go to school, and a kid would be injured, and I would pray for them, and God would come and heal that kid. And then I let my anger go and do stuff like that. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, um, and I, I lo- he likes me for who I am, but he disciplines me for for how I am. Yeah, you know, and and that I think is really pivotal for us, because who I am and how I am can be two really different things. Because I. Deep down, I know I'm a decent guy, but how I come across sometimes, I'm not such a decent guy. And we're all not perfect, and I damn well know I'm not. Um, But the thing is, he's been extremely faithful, and he wants good things for me, and I know that. So I had to do some thinking recently, the last few years, but lately I've been doing a lot. And I'm not, I'm not a bookworm, and I'm not, I'm not what you would call an academic person. Um, I do my learning from really having a heart. A, a, I love the way Neil puts this, a spirit-to-spirit connection with God. And that doesn't always happen, but when it does, profound things happen for me. And, um, and I've had to do some thinking. Can I have the next slide, please, Thea? If Jesus is going to be working in me, I need to be mindful of his work in me. So I need to stop and think, and I need to ponder what God's trying to do for me. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm, I'm not a reader. I had to search for these. But wait for the Lord and be strong and take heart. And wait, well, wait for the Lord. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. That one's an interesting one. For the last 18 months I've been in a new job and I've worked with this gentleman who is um, very difficult to deal with. Now at my last job I worked for about 18 months with a person who was very difficult to deal with. And what happened at the end of that 18 months is I let my emotions get the better of me and I lost my job. So this has been, this has been at the back of my mind for 18 months now. And something happened a couple of weeks ago where I said, you know what, mate, I've had enough of you. And he went, what? And so I had a conversation with him. And I said, this is how I've felt since I've got here. He said, well, I've never meant for you to feel like that. I went, cool, let's talk about that. And things are repaired between me and him. And, it's, and I've done things very differently because I've been mindful of the way the Lord is working in my life. <laughs> Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow 
God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. When the time comes. It's not always immediately, but it's when the time comes. So for 18 months, I've had a little butterfly in my stomach about this. But when the time came, it was smoothed out. And it was smoothed out because I was like, hey, Lord, you need to help me right now because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a, a stern conversation with this old man. So that was that. But don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. And that speaks to my anxiety. And I hope right now this morning that speaks to yours. Okay? Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen because you know what? It may or may not happen. <laughs> um, in the middle of that, you need to allow him access to you. You need to allow God access to you. You need to be able to say, hey, Lord, I, I place myself at your feet. Come and deal with me the way you need to. It's really important. Anyway, a real turnaround has come for me this year in the last few months. I've always avoided these little, <laughs> these little things and little events that we do at churches and they just seem cheesy to me, just really cheesy and, and I just, I've avoided them. And those, the one that's kind of appeared quite cheesy to me over the last few years has been 30 days of thankfulness. It just seemed cheesy and... And it's not my way of doing things. But you know what? In May, my wife said to me, you know what? You can be quite pessimistic, can't you? <laughs> but a couple of months before that, she said, you know what? You seem really angry. And this is just after we moved house. And she said, you seem really angry. And the kids are saying, Mum, why, why is Dad angry? And I went, oh, well, have to put a stop to that. And, and since then, I was going to say not one angry word, but maybe one or two angry words have come out of my mouth since. But I had to look at what was going on inside me. And then I had to just give that to God and let it work out. And those words that she said to me, I had to put them to the forefront of my mind and I had to think about that and ponder it and ask God about that and it just went away. So you can be quite pessimistic, can't you? you know, and so I went, okay, what do I do about that? And then the next day I see this, we're doing 30 days of thankfulness. So I went, oh man, that's cheesy, but you know what, I'm going to give it a crack. And so on the first day, that was on the first day of June, I went, oh, you know what, I'll give it a crack. And so I just went, God, I'm going to let you have this and let's just get into it. And I went through 30 days of thankfulness. And, um, you know, some of them were, were really deep and meaningful. And this is in general. And some were like, I like sunny weather. And it was really nice because... Sunny weather is really nice and it's something to be thankful for. Um, I, isn't it, John? <laughs> when you spend three years in Melbourne, sunny weather is something to be really thankful for. Okay. <laughs> but thing is, in that 30 days of thankfulness, I was just writing paragraphs of stuff. 
And, and the more I wrote, the more thankful I was becoming and the more, the more mindful I was being of what do I have to be thankful for and how can I be thankful today? And, um, and I, just tried re- I, just, I just tried to make that the, the thing that was at the front of my mind. And then Nick said to me, you know what? It's nice that you're being very thankful and you're a different person. And I went, cool, I like that. And, um, and one of the things she said to me, and I, this is for Father's Day, this is probably the most profound part for me. She said, you know what? Since you did that 30 days of thankfulness, Amos has really changed. And I went, how do you mean? And she said, look, he's coming up to me and saying, hey, mum, what can I do for you today? Can I do those dishes? Mum, I'll take that bin out for you. Oh, I'll put my washing here and I'll do this and that. And my change in attitude and my, the way that I was approaching life and my family and my work and my attitude to all of those things changed him. It changed, it changed his, what's it called? What did you just talk about then? The son, the father and the son. Yeah, so what did it change? It changed his, oh, come on, no, no. What do you give? No, 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 the start, at the start. Look, I've had a brain fart, okay, and I'm trying to figure it out. His inheritance, that's the word, inheritance. It changed his inheritance. And my attitude and the way that I was blessing my family changed his inheritance. So we can sit and mope around and be offended. And if you are right now, I'm not sorry, it's your fault. We can sit around and we can be offended by the things that people say. We can be offended by the, the way people act around us and in our life, or we can start being thankful and we can change our inheritance and we can change our children's inheritance and we can be a blessing. I think my last slide is about being thankful. It's a good way to finish, isn't it? And I pulled some Bible verses from somewhere because like I told you, I'm not a reader. But probably the Bible, but in this Colossians 1, have a look at the last line on Colossians 3.15, and cultivate thankfulness. Cultivate it. What does that say? It says you don't wake up in the morning going, oh, I'm so thankful today. You don't, thanks for laughing. Um, you don't do that. Ordinary people don't do that. They get up like this. Oh, it's Monday. Got to go to work. Okay? And it's what happens. You need to cultivate thankfulness. And since the 30 days are finished, I went, you know what? It's nice to do it in that little group. But you know what? I'm going to step out a bit. So I started being thankful on my normal Facebook page. And one morning I wrote, 
I'm really thankful for Mondays. How good are Mondays? You know why? Because they're a new start to the week that you might have stuffed up last week. And if you've stuffed up last week, it's a new chance. A Monday is a new chance. And this lady at work came up to me on the Tuesday and she goes, what are you thankful for today, Ash? And I said, well, Jackie, I'm thankful for lots of things. What about you? And she goes, mate, yesterday, yesterday was a crappy day for me. She says, I woke up and I was cranky and I just, I could hardly even get out of bed. She said, I read about being thankful for Mondays and I bounced out of bed and I came to work and I was like so happy. And she goes, I really want to thank you for doing that. It's changing my life. And she goes, and and I look for your posts every day. I'm like, oh, well, how cool is that? Like, God's not just changing my inheritance and Amos's inheritance, but he's changing Jackie's inheritance now. Because she gets up and she goes, what can I be thankful for today? Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank God for the hard times. Because I could still be a boorish, unhappy person. And you know what? Sometimes I still am because I'm only human and I forget. And there's people that, you know what? I'm just never going to like them. And that's difficult to process. And you know what? Sometimes there's people that I'm just never going to like them because sometimes there's parts of me where I'm just never going to like parts of myself. And that's what I see and that's what comes out. This is where I should be pointing the finger when I don't like someone. This is where I should be pointing the finger when I don't like something. When something pushes my buttons, it's something inside me that I need to change. But I can't change it myself. So I look to the big fella. Is there a last slide there? It's Homer again. And it's Homer walking with God. And the big fat child with no hair. (laughs) Have a crack at that. The big fat child with no hair is walking with the Lord. And in that particular, in that particular, that's the end of an episode where, where Homer decided he was never going to go to church again. And right there, God says, have you got any questions? And he says, yes, what's the meaning of life? And God says, I'll tell you when you die. And he said, oh, can't I know now? Like, I want to know. What? He says, what, you can't wait six weeks? <laughs> and that was the end of the episode. But... <laughs> But the big fat bald guy who gets into fights and does stupid impulsive things, God's still got time for him. And it's not the guy there, it's the guy here. God's still got time for me and he's still got time for you. And be mindful of that. Be thankful for the hard times because they're here to grow you as a person. As difficult as that is, you're here to grow as a person. And those tough times, just remember, he loves you for who you are 
but he disciplines you for how you are. I think I'm done. What do you reckon? <laughs> so, Lord, I just want to, I just want to thank you right now for, for just being that big guy that just wants to walk with us. Hey, because when the going gets tough, like you're holding my hand, and I know, I know it's. It's about how I am, not who I am. And I know it's about me and it's not about other people. Offence is dead right now in my heart. Lord, I pray you can sweep through this nation. Lord, and that you can put an end to offence, personal offence. Lord, that we can look to you. Lord, and that we can look for your guidance in these things. And Lord, that we can, we can mimic your heart and we can start being thankful for the little things. And when we're thankful for the little things, Lord, then we can be thankful for the big things. Holy Spirit, I just pray you minister to the people in this place now. Lord, that you rest on these people and you bring them peace, Lord. Lord, I pray you wash away anger. And just let your kingdom come, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Captain, I reckon there was some some stuff from the prayer this morning. Um, cool. And before Kirk gets to that, I'd just like to um, just like to say, like if if part of that has spoken to you, and and I think the biggest part for me, the the pivotal part of that message that keeps coming back to me, it's how you are. You know, God wants to sort out, he wants to sort out in your life that he understands and he loves who you are, but he wants to minister to how you are. So before Kirk gets into that, like if that's something that, that's speaking to you or if there's something else, like I'm happy to pray about that with you. So when when he's done all the 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 sore finger stuff, then we can, um, yeah, come up and we'll have a pray. So thanks, guys. Good on you, Ashley. Bless you, mate. <laughs> Good job, man. Good job. Um, I just, um, just as we get into some prayer for healing, some words that the team had before the service as they were praying, I felt like, you know, as Ash was talking, I just... He, he said this line, he said, um, even as Jesus is busy for me, I have to become aware of his work in me. And I just, if there's something about 
that I just love about Ashley's story with God is that he's partnered with God. He's partnered. It's like God's been reaching towards him and inviting him into doing life with him. And Ashley, in, in only the way that Ashley can, has said, yeah, right, Lord, let's walk this out together. And I, if I could pray that as like inheritance, that partnership that you share with God for all of us would just be a wonderful thing. That as Jesus is busy for me, I have to become aware of his work in me. So I, I pray that as a blessing that, you know, the Holy Spirit would just lob that one into all of our hearts this week and into our lives when we get those invitations from God to partner with him. Alrighty, this morning um, as the team prayed.